Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hello, hello, hello. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. Back from his stint in Nantucket. That's right. We mentioned that on the podcast last week. You weren't here. Um, and so uh, we are getting back into the routine, back into the rhythm of doing what you people love the most. At least that's what we've heard on Twitter. Um, talking to our grandfather. Um, and he unfortunately did not watch the Browns game this week. Um, so the Browns content was notably lacking. He talked a little bit about the Kansas City game, um, but he talked a lot about his trip to Vegas and uh, had a bunch of other colorful things to say, as he always does. So it's a little bit choppy, um, but if you want to listen to it, here it is. If not, go ahead, skip ahead. Yeah. Oh, crap, I might be interested. Matthew. Hey, how are you? Well, tired. We've been all goddamn day. <laughs> well, well, the good news, good news is, is the casinos never close, so you That's can't, right. you can't really um, be late yeah. to Vegas. It's... Well, they're not getting my money. We're uh, going to get a motel, and um, yeah, that's uh, right, Grandpa. Gonna... You're getting theirs. <laughs> I'm going to uh, see the Boulder Dam, and I'm going to peek over the Grand Canyon. Oh, that'll be fun. Have you ever seen? Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Nope. Oh, that's fantastic! So yeah, so it'll be a little bit different here. So that um, we, we've been in a, we just got out of a goddamn two-hour traffic tie-up. We didn't move, so that's why we're going so damn late coming in here. Isn't it? Isn't it only like s- almost seven o'clock where you're at? It's it's three hours three hours behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, Grandpa, so. you said the casinos aren't getting your money. Is that because you're going to play poker and you're going to be stealing everybody else's money? <laughs> I mean, that's the game yeah. you train on. You play a weekly poker game, don't you? No, 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 monthly. Oh, okay. I guess maybe you're not as sharp Month, as monthly. I thought. Monthly, yeah. So, uh, so, so I, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't see the Browns game. You didn't what? watch it. No, but I, how could I? I was we were driving here, and uh, I was uh, we were on the road, and uh, I, I did pick up uh, all the the uh, play-by-play, not the play-by-play, but the, the you know the scores that yeah. were going on. I, I got I just get you know I I, I get a, a sentence that says the Browns are on the twenty-yard line and uh, yeah. third down and four and something. That's all I get is a, a message like that. So. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was uh, listening when they were they were they they scored the first touchdown and they were leading and then and then that tie rod that tie rod you know if if that son of a bitch would have beat us I would have I think I'd have left town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Grandpa! Next time you go out of town and you want to follow a Browns game, talk to us beforehand. We can get you the NFL Sunday Ticket app downloaded on your phone. And you can watch it. On your and phone. you can watch it on your phone. You can watch the game on your phone, and it's no problem. Well, that's what I'll have to do. I I didn't know if I could. I didn't know if I could get that on on my phone, but. Uh, yeah, you can. Um, I want to hear about your trip out to California. How's that plane flight? What about California? How was the flight out there? The bugs? No, the flight. 
your the airplane or the flight or, or the flight. It was it was a, uh, wasn't bad at all. It was a pretty pretty uh, decent flight. Yeah. Do you remember but, uh, any the, of it? The, uh, what? Do you remember any of it? <laughs> Don't get smart. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we were uh, uh, we were uh, watch we were looking around here and uh, we we went to uh, San Francisco and that place sucks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's really bad news. I mean, bad news. They they tried to not to not to mention what the what the motel cost us, but oh, I'm sure. Had, I had a hell of a time. Then you go, then you have to go down. Uh, you know, you have you have to go up two two levels because the parking is on the second lower level, and so that was. Uh, and then they charge us thirty dollars to to suffer like that. Oh, <laughs> I don't park the car. I don't. Grandpa, I think at this point in your life, you are you are past the the urban living stage of your life. I think I think you're more out to pasture. You know. The- All right, Grandpa. Well, we'll catch up with you next week. Hopefully, you and Nancy enjoy the rest of that trip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you. Okay. All right. Listen, see ya. You know, I on the radio here. I keep and uh, and even on the phone, I get the the sins of our fathers thing and everything yeah i can't can't get nothing what do you mean i can't i can't get your podcast you can't play it i never heard it i couldn't ever get it <laughs> uh we'll, Here, we'll work on that too next time we got <laughs> your phone in front of us i thought you've been listening all these years <laughs> no i can't get it <laughs> all right well, well we'll help you figure that out we'll get it for you Okay. All right, guys. See you, Grandpa. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Well, um, it's good to know that this labor of love that we made for Grandpa, um, he has never once enjoyed and never once listened to. Oh, let's be real. We know that he's never listened to the (laughs) podcast. Um, He would give us hell if he found out about how all of the sound bites that we included of his um, in there. Um, we've told him to be clear, but it kind of was one of those things that went in one ear and out the other. I think it's funny that he just like pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah, I wonder where that came from. Yeah, because we and we, he remembered like it, it must be popping up on his phone. He just must not know how to like play it. He must not know how to get into the podcast app. I, and, I think like, we have yeah. it downloading on his phone, and I'm sure it's taking up a measurable portion of all of his <laughs> storage space on yeah, his phone. Because he certainly has the smallest amount, you know, the smallest storage space on any yeah. iPhone. He's got that one gig. He, he has like all, <laughs> all 100 episodes downloaded to his phone. Uh, that's hilarious. Also, apologies to anybody who loves San Francisco. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, if you're listening in San Francisco, I'm sorry. Grandpa hates your town. Um, he's not a fan. You suck. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa's words, not ours. Um, all right. So uh, we are coming off um, week two. Um, Texans versus Browns. Browns pulled it out um, back to one and one. 500 starting from the beginning. Uh, Browns won 31 to 21. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you watched the game. Um, but got away with a win in a game that we were expected to win. Um, a nice, boring win. It feels weird to be sitting here. It was almost easier to do the podcast when we could break down all the reasons why we lost the game as opposed to all the reasons why we did good things to win the game. 
Um, but uh, Baker Mayfield had a great game, um, 19 for 21, 213 yards, a touchdown interception. Um, Nick Chubb, 11 carries, 95 yards with a touchdown. And Demetric Felton had his breakout game, had one ridiculous catch for uh, 51 50 yards, something like that, and a touchdown was a ton of fun. Feels like in this game, we took care of business. We did what needed to be done. It wasn't flashy. We didn't blow them out, um, but we got out of there with a win. Um, what What was your guys' um, big takeaway from this game? Did you learn anything about who the Browns were or who the Texans were? It was interesting to me. Um, the offense kind of got off to a slow start. I mean, we – it was 14-14 at the half. We didn't score our second touchdown to tie it at 14 until with like three minutes, two minutes left in the in the half, something like that. Um, it was so it kind of took a while to get rolling. Um, Texans pass rush was was getting home, putting pressure on us. Um, from a scheme perspective, it was interesting to me. We ran a lot of 13 personnel. We had three tight ends on the field a lot. In this game, that's very true. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if the Jarvis injury early on contributed to that, and like they're working kind of similar areas of the field, so it was easier to switch to a thirteen personnel, or if um, they wanted to keep the Texans in a in a base three linebacker set. I mean, Lovey Smith runs a typical like Tampa two old school kind of defense um, where they will put three linebackers on the field, and so maybe they felt like there was an advantage to be had by keeping them in that personnel, then we have the versatility with our tight ends to split them out wide and kind of stretch out the defense. Um, but way more than we have in the past, we rolled out Harrison Bryant, Njoku, and Austin Hooper all at the same time. It was kind of fun to watch. I mean, it's like you get to – it's pretty hard for a defense to defend that. It was really interesting to me how often they were, like, lined up on the same side, I noticed a few times. Um it's just really hard to defend that. It was like one one tight end in line on the end of the line of scrimmage, and then the two other tight ends like split out wide on that same side of the field. Uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty interesting, just schematically to me to see. Um, and Harrison Bryant got a run. I mean, yeah. got got targets, got catches. Had what, like three or four catches? For yeah, he had forty something yards. He had four targets, four receptions, forty nine yards. Well, I think it's a function of those three tight end sets. Like the defense has to decide who they're going to give the weakest coverage to, and I think more often than not, they um, give Harrison Bryant the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you like that burp that came in there? Yeah, that- yeah. It was it was quiet. It, I don't think it audibly came through. It was a, a long pregnant pause <laughs> trying to remember Harrison Bryant's name. Apparently, um, no, that was interesting. Uh, it just this game. I feel we just got started slow. Like we, our our defense didn't really play great in the beginning. We had a hard time stopping Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor kind of tore us apart there in the early part of the game. Um, we we got behind. And we, we couldn't really get things rolling, and we righted the ship. So credit to the credit to the Browns, the coaching staff, and the team, because Browns teams of the past would not have been so successful. I, but yeah, I feel like we got behind, but I was never concerned. I was never worried about our winning of the game. But I wonder if this scheme um, and and running a bunch of thirteen man personnel, like that's 
it is interesting if you're a football nerd, but uh, aesthetically when you're watching as like a casual fan, it's like very manila. Like it's nothing super exciting, nothing flashy. We didn't do anything flashy. We barely threw the ball down the field almost at all. You know what was interesting about that point? And which, like, I was thinking that after the game yesterday, too. And apparently Stefanski was asked about it. And he said that after Baker's shoulder injury, he called the game differently. He didn't want to leave him in the pocket with a chance to get hit. And so he called the game completely differently. I think it probably is a part of a reason why there was a lot more tight ends in the game. They were trying to keep everything close and giving him some quick, like, decisions to make. So that there wasn't any chance of him like furthering that injury, mm-hmm. and that was in the second quarter, right? That Baker threw the pick and got hurt. Am I remembering that correctly, or was that the third? I think that's right. I think it was the second quarter. Yes, yeah, second, yeah, second. We'll, we'll say it was the second. Um, I I also think just not having wide receivers that maybe can stretch the field that we trust. I mean, Schwartz didn't really play much after that interception. He was clearly at fault for cutting off his route um, and not competing for the ball. I didn't see him much. DPJ had the one catch in a fumble. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of lack of belief and trust in the wide receivers that we can roll out there right now. Um, We're a little thin at the position once Jarvis left after the first catch. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's seen very clearly in the box score. I mean, our, I mean, it depends on how you determine Demetric Felton. There you uh, go. Yeah. Was that your burp? Yeah, that was mine, but except there wasn't such a long pause. Um, but I Felton, could hear the burp, so I don't know which one's worse or which one's better. That's uh, a good question. Matt, Matthew gets a chance to... We'll, we'll put out a Twitter poll. <laughs> Let the listeners chime in. But, like, our, our three leading receivers were Demetric Felton, Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper... And then Richard Higgins. And, and part of that was because um, Jarvis Landry, Landry went, went out. out. And none of them but really did volume. Like no, was... no, no, no. We spread the ball around, which we've always done. And Baker's always done, especially since Stefanski's been here, which I love. Um, but uh, that, that might all change. So you mentioned the, the Jarvis injury. It should be mentioned that uh, he went out with the, the sprained MCL. Um, and he tweeted about having to wear a brace. Um, and it's likely that he is going to miss um, some time here. Um, and I, I, I will go on record and say I would rather him miss time than go out there and like I don't know what Jarvis Landry brings to this team if he is athletically more limited than yeah, he already he's is. already a little bit like, more limited than the rest of um, the NFL. We are we are good enough. <laughs> we are good enough as a team, no and offense. we're deep enough at that position and on offense in general to manage for the next four to six weeks if that's what it takes how much can we him, pay jarvis back yeah and for like him to just be a presence on the sideline within the wide receiver room like that's where jarvis landry's value is and how much can we pay him to be a coach next year um can we increase um, his salary <laughs> there's no salary cap for coaches that's all i gotta say <laughs> and i think we <laughs> Okay, honestly, I think my biggest takeaway you asked at the top, yeah. like what the biggest takeaways from the game is, is how accurate Baker Mayfield has been so far. Nineteen of twenty-one. I mean that. I I get that the Stefanski wasn't asking him to do a whole heck of a lot, but I mean we saw a very accurate Baker Mayfield in Week One, and that continued into Week Two. I mean to be nineteen of twenty-one, regardless of you know the opponent and anything that's going on. 
it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it is pretty phenomenal. And I, I, I like seeing that stat line as a Baker apologist. Uh, people are constantly shitting on Baker <laughs> left and right, everything that I watch. And he's trying to shut him up. I wonder how much his stat line is actually in his own head. And I think about that specifically on all of the very many times he should have thrown the ball away as opposed to running for two yards. Fair enough. Right? Like, like 19 for 21 looks super nice. Um, and like, I think it's much more possible that Baker Mayfield fancies himself as a much more athletic human being than he actually is. Like, did you see that little like leg shimmy that he tried to do to shake, shake somebody out when he's in like, the Chiefs game? The left? Yeah. No, or in this game, in yesterday. This game? That does, that doesn't have to be, it's gotta be hard to adjust. You know, like, Baker grew up being probably one of the most athletic kids in his graduating class in high school. And then like, even in college playing intramurals, like probably the most athletic person on the field. And then you get to the NFL and it's like, Oh yeah, no, I'm like the, the heavy leg nerdy guy. Yeah. Um, I really think it's just a, he hasn't come to grips with his, um, level of athleticism relative to it the is, others on the field. It is a fair point, though, Mark, because in Kevin Stefanski's locker room comments, he talked about one of the goals for the game was 80% completion percentage. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was expressed ahead of time, and Baker was just trying to, to do Take what one Coach for the wanted, team. you know? Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to I mean, reach. Are, measurables are being are set, they, are they and using, he's trying to hit the measurables. Are they using adjusted completion percentage, or are they using true completion percentage? I would assume that he's using adjusted. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski is using adjusted completion percentage. We um, know Paul D. Podesta is. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, burp I'm, number two for Mark. Oh, Michael! Michael's upset about our burp comment towards him earlier. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you go. I'm just trying to draw attention away from my burp so, and somebody, towards somebody, other people's. Somebody's embarrassed. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so I mean, Baker. So we got our staples of our offense. Um, Baker had a great game. Um, I, I think the interception, we can specifically talk about that. I, I think we can all agree that that was not Baker's fault. Um, Kevin Stefanski made it very clear to us that that was not Baker's fault. I mean, he did he, did he have a comment the, on it? No, just the way that he reacted towards Anthony Schwartz on the sideline was the most demonstrative he's ever been towards any player. I mean, he very clearly. Um, I hadn't noticed that. Was communicating that um, Schwartz was at fault in that particular play. Well, and Schwartz didn't get another target. He was barely on the field the rest of the game, as far as I remember. And um, both Stefanski and Baker, after the game, were pretty frank in their comments, too, saying that the, we're thrown to a spot. Wide receiver has to like complete the route to be in that spot. To be I, in the spot, or else it becomes dangerous and you turn the ball over. I, I saw a still of Anthony Schwartz on that route before the ball had passed him looking back at the defender, um, and it was pretty egregious. Yeah, it, it was bad. Very incriminating, no doubt. Um, but quite frankly, that was the knock on him whenever we drafted him was that he was not a great route runner, that he was certainly a project, um, and it's a teachable moment. Um, I mean, I think Anthony Schwartz over the middle – is gonna be um, a roll of the dice for a little while. 
I think it's going to take him a while to be comfortable, like being aggressive on that type of a route. For, for sure. And that's not really what we should be asking him to do in an ideal situation. Um, he was kind of thrust into our number playing, one spot, playing more, <laughs> more snaps and running routes that maybe he isn't used to running um, be, because of our injury situation. Um, it'll be interesting to see. There were there were some times where he was I I saw some some coaches film stills he was open on some deep shots that Baker couldn't find because the pass rush specifically early in the game so we talked about not throwing deep down the field after Baker's injury before the injury yeah. we didn't really do it either but I think we were trying to the Texans pass rush got home like took advantage of our tackles I, Jedrick, Jedrick Wills was obviously. Um, limited in in his movement i mean he he ended up uh leaving the game in the third quarter um but jack conklin jack conklin's been he's been beat bad he's not been great he's and he's been on the injury report with a knee i wonder if he is limited in his movement like what what's going on i don't know why are the texans shouldn't be getting home Absolutely on a not. on a four man rush against our offensive line, that is probably my biggest knock from our offensive performances. Where the heck is our pass protection? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's where is our pass protection, and why is Baker getting so much pressure? And then honestly, in in the last podcast, we talked about um, that this game was going to be a game that we got to. Uh, create a baseline a barometer for what our defense is doing right now and our defense is not creating a pass rush no not at like, all we're we're really seriously not creating a pass rush in in a very bad way i think right now and i think it's scheme like we're not blitzing a lot we're, we're blitzing almost none um and when we have like we we've seen a, some success delpit got that sack um but we're we're not getting sacks in these games and we're not putting pressure on the quarterback. Like miles is putting pressure and making quarterback hurries, but we're not getting home. Yeah. And I I wanted to talk about this. So I'm glad you brought it up. I, I don't think we're doing a great job schematically on making it easy on our pass rushers. I feel like we're, we're lining up our forward down linemen just straight up across the board and just rushing. I don't see us doing a ton of um, stunts, a ton of movement. I don't see us doing a ton of pre-snap like looks or adjustments or um, having guys like stand up in the gap and like make the offensive line question kind of like question who's coming. Mm-hmm. I don't. We're Joe Woods is not going to blitz. That's not who he is. We're not going to be a heavy blitzing team. Um, we need to do a better job with the guys that we send in, so they they're not just head up over their their guy and trying to beat him one-on-one with a pass rush move because we only have a couple guys that can do that. We need to be more creative. We need to show the offensive line more challenging looks pre-snap so that they're questioning it. And I think that's part of the reason why, like, you have a guy like Brandon Cooks who felt like he was torching us all day. His stat line didn't end up being that high. It's like nine catches for 80 yards. But we weren't getting the pressure. Like not at all. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah, our only sack on the day was a a, a Grant Delpit blitz near the end. 
And even after Tyrod Taylor was, was fun, out. It was a fun sack to watch, I will say. Yeah, it, was, it was a fun sack to watch, but, um, and I mean, maybe we weren't, maybe we were trying to play a contain on Tyrod Taylor, not let him get out of the pocket, try to beat him with his arm, but he, he did it. He was I think beating they, us. I think they just had a pretty vanilla scheme here. Like, not knowing exactly what you've got in the Texans offense, like, it's kind of a bunch of, like, unknowns. <laughs> I guess you had one game of film, but I, I don't feel like I, I if I was the Browns coaching staff, I wouldn't feel like I had to get too exotic to win this particular game. And so I'd probably just play it pretty big. Like if you look at the 11 guys, the Browns are lining up on defense versus the 11 guys, the Texans are lining up like you're feeling pretty good about your chances of just playing straight up. And so why show a whole bunch when you don't think you necessarily have to now early in the game it showed that we, the Texan, we needed to pivot. We, needed, we needed to pivot right <laughs> but i can see how going into the game you might not have like been inclined to do anything too crazy or outside of like you know what what the base or the standard might be yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if we did the exact same thing on offense um with our it's pretty manila um we're spreading the ball around th- is, bunch it, of 13 is it man manila personnel. or vanilla i'm thinking it's, i'm glad that you said it because i sound like more of a dick whenever i say it but i was about to um i'm pretty sure it's either people say both uh like a manila like boring but is one correct um i say vanilla is correct I, th- I think vanilla is correct i think it's like bland like plain like we'll, we'll do some research and like we'll, we'll get bland back. like plain like a, a manila envelope there's not <laughs> anything more boring no. than a manila envelope like right or the right? philippines uh, <laughs> yeah yeah why well, i didn't Land like th- the philippines th- those were your words not mine uh so <laughs> i mean you're the racist not me but um <laughs> i mentioned the envelope thing uh but anyway um i, I think we can look into that and circle back next week <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I can tell you Matthew's racist well, right well, now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was referring to. We'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll send out two more Twitter polls. Yeah. One, is it Manila or Vanilla? And then the second one, is Matthew racist? Yes or no? <laughs> I have my answer. Okay. Um, uh, let us know what you think. Leave us a voicemail. Um, so, no, I'm actually really interested in this uh, d- defensive scheme conversation. Um, because if take it for what you will. Um, but the, the PFF grades came out and our top three, four graded players from PFF were what position group? It was all linebackers. I looked at it. So. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I saw it. It was, it was, it was Malcolm all Smith, four of our linebackers. Mac Wilson, Taki Taki and Elijah Lee. Like what? There's what is going on scheme wise so, so, that is causing that to happen when our worst position group. By far, talent wise, yeah, like yeah, talent yeah. wise, our worst position group by far is the one. It, it has to be scheme that's causing this to happen. I have a theory. I have a theory on this. When and the, and John Texans, Johnson was dead last. It's the right question. It's the yeah. right question. I yeah. think is like, what are we setting up for the line? Why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, I think it just has to do with what the Texans were doing on offense. Um, the Texans don't really have like a tight end. Don't really have that like over the middle passing game that or you're going to ask your linebackers to cover. So, like, that didn't happen. They also kind of just have, like, a power run game um, with a not awesome interior offensive line. So, I think our defensive line did a really good job. We 
it was like 2.9 yards per rush that the Texans had. I think our defensive line did a great job um, in the run game, engaging the offensive line, not letting them get to the second level. And then our linebackers were just there to, to clean up. And they had a very, like, simple task. Yeah, five, six, seven were Miles Garrett, Malik McDowell, and Malik Jackson. Yeah. I, th- I think that what we asked of the linebackers yesterday was just very, very simple. So it wasn't yeah, complicated but I, but, for them to deal But with. is that also, like, by design because they stink? And, like, we don't want to ask them to do much? Well, and so we're but not going to. are we asking our secondary to do too much? And, and I think that's like, but the, because their performance is, I'm confused. Did you guys notice John Johnson playing good or bad? Like how he played yesterday? He was our lowest rated defender yesterday. We're not getting a lot of talk about John Johnson. I, I, I didn't John notice Johnson's one way. The, I didn't notice one way or the other. Yeah. Is my my personal perspective. You know what I've noticed about John Johnson? Dude tackles. Like he's not a oh, he big dude. Hard. Yeah, no, he hits hard. But he comes in and like, I like the way all about, three of our safeties tackle. We've got to talk about the David Coley decision. But the play that led up to that, <laughs> that the like thirteen yard gain, like, yeah. it wasn't a certainty that they were going to be stopped short. But John Johnson comes out of nowhere like a missile and hits like a truck. Yep. I, I, I'm fine with John Johnson. He's he's had a couple moments in like coverage, like that that long Tyreek Hill pass last week is like. I don't blame John I mean, Johnson for the. We shouldn't have him one on one against Tyreek Hill. I think that's a busted coverage, but you'd like to see him be a little, a little more, more able aware, to like play a little the ball. more aware. You know, to... That when the ball's in the air for that long, like try to find it. Yeah, yeah. He just, I mean, he lost it. Yeah, and. And and he was scared of getting beat to the outside, and he just turned his hips, and then it was a bad pass by Patrick Mahomes. Quite frankly, that in Tyreek Hill, it was either a bad pass or a great pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one of, of the, the two. two. Um, no, but like all of our worst graded defenders are John Johnson, Denzel Ward, Troy Hill. John Johnson, one of the highest-graded defenders last year on the Rams. Troy Hill, definitively the highest-graded PFF slot corner in the NFL last year. Like, what? Like what? I, I don't know I think, what that I is. Think, I don't pretend to know, but there's something. But, but I think it comes back to, like, we're not getting pressure. So... Our defensive line's looking our de- great. Our defensive line's not getting pressure... And so the quarterback just can pass. So it's like Denzel Ward. We asked him to cover Brandon Cooks for 40 snaps. Like, if there's but, no pressure on the quarterback, like, he's going to lose a bunch of those. But if Denzel Ward is really what we say Denzel Ward is, he should be able to cover Brandon Cooks for 40 snaps. The Ravens only run man-to-man coverage on every single play. And they blitz a lot. Granted, but the Ra- the Ravens do it different because their their corners are big and physical, and they just like beat you up in man coverage. That's not Denzel Ward's game, and so it's just a little different. Yeah. Um, and asking Denzel Ward to to run, which is what we need him to do, but to run and do it for four seconds at a time is is hard. Denzel Ward needs a pass rush to kind of 
force that ball out of the quarterback's hand in two, two and a half seconds, or else he's, he's going to get exposed sometimes because you just can't. It's impossible. Yeah, so I, I'm optimistic that the pieces we have in place are the right pieces, but, this but is, they are throwing the ball on us with ease. But Greg Newsom looks great. I agree with that. Greg Newsom does look great. Um, and I also am just not that worried about it. We liter- How many new starters do we have on defense? Nine? Nine new starters depending on defense? On, depending on how you factor in the linebackers. But it's, <laughs> it's in yeah. that range. Yeah. It's nearly seven, all of them. Seven to nine. It's nearly on... all of them. Yeah. The best of those players didn't play single, any snaps in the preseason. And I'm okay with that decision. But the result of all of that is that it's going to take a good amount of time for them to figure out how to play together. And part of that, too, is the coaches figuring out how to call plays for this group of players. Yeah. And so, like... I'm I'm kind of okay with them working into form um, over the course of the first quarter or so of the season. If we're talking about these same type of problems in week six, week seven, I, I'm going to have some issues. I don't know that I'm sounding any alarm bells at this particular point in time. Yeah. We had a major offensive rehaul last year, and they started out at the beginning of the season not great. And – they ended the season fantastic. If our defense follows the same trajectory, we're going to be in great shape. Yeah, no, we will. And it's hard. It's hard. I think I'm just impatient. I'm Coming into this game, I had really high expectations because I was just tired of playing the Chiefs. Like, having our, our previous two – the Chiefs are such a pain in the ass to play because Pat Mahomes is so freaking good. Tyreek Hill is impossible to cover. Travis Kelsey just torches you on the short routes over the middle. And then, like, I was just tired of playing the Chiefs, and I wanted us to have some big defensive plays and, like, cause problems for opposing offenses, and we didn't. And we just played, like, this very vanilla, just kind of, like, straight up. We we weren't creating issues. Mm-hmm. And I want to see us get to a place where we can kind of start dictating the game with our defense. And, like, John Johnson could be a problem for, for people and right now he's just kind of a free safety and and can we be honest about miles garrett though like i want miles garrett to be a problem like i don't care if he's being double like he i acknowledge that he's being double teamed on every play but who i believe miles garrett to be is someone that gets double teamed on every play and still creates issues for the other team right like and we need to we need him to be that well and we need and other he didn't guys in the first two other guys to we, step up for, for sure. That's and, always been the problem. And it needs to be schemed up in order for Miles to be able to do that if they're going to double-team him every time. Like, you can't expect him to single-handedly make plays if he's just asked to line up and beat his, the guys in front of him and he's being double-teamed Well, and, and, and you can do that by, like, like blitz looks. And, like, if you, yeah. if you send a linebacker on the same side that Miles is... Like well, so, all, all I'm problem. saying, all I'm saying is that yeah. request from Mark is more a reflection on Joe Woods than a reflection on Miles Garrett. Is, is yeah, my, is my point. Yeah, no, I mean that's fair. Yeah, but like we're through two games, and like what 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 odds would you have given it in through two games that Miles Garrett wouldn't have a set? He, he has, has one. one. He has one. He had one against Kansas City. Um, a very timely one. Yeah, it was important. Um, okay. 
well, okay, so there was a, a injuries were a theme this week and definitely a theme in the game. I mean, the Texans. It was, a, it was like literally was every other play, bat. somebody was on the on the uh, ground. I, I, mean, I haven't followed up with any of those, but I hope they're all okay. I, I mean, do I you no have idea. enough fingers to count the number of times Dad said, bring out the meat wagon? <laughs> that is his go-to, go-to line. Um, and he and is, it makes us laugh every time, so I can't really. Of course, he keeps using it, <laughs> but it makes us laugh out of that's horrible, Dad. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. But he is father's son. Um, it's just nostalgic. It does. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> oh man. Um, but uh, so obviously we had we talked about the Jarvis injury, the sprained MCL. Um, what what timetable do you guys give that? Like. I haven't seen them issue one. What, what did it's Nick week Ch- to week is what they said today. So it's um, a same similar injury to what Chubb had last year, and he missed six weeks. Sprained MCL. It was not six weeks. He missed three weeks last year. Three weeks in the bye, right? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, four four weeks, six weeks. Okay. Sprained MCL is supposed to be like really painful. Um, Jarvis doesn't this feel is pain. Jarvis. So. But I would rather, especially with the new rules, just put him on IR. Give him three weeks to rest up and come back. It doesn't seem like they want to do that. I mean, wouldn't they have done that today? You would you would think so, but I wonder if they're just like waiting to see how it handles. I I feel like this coaching staff is being intentionally cautious with the way that we're handling the Odell Beckham Jr. situation, Um, which leads me to the way that this is being talked about is that the plan has always been seemingly to bring obj back week three um in his conversations with jarvis and some things that the coaching staff has said um and so do you think we'll see obj back i mean i hope so we're pretty weak at receiver right now so we could use a little bit of juice there i mean with short i think that something that hasn't been talked about very much in brown circles is that fumble from dpj um, so not only did Schwartz not show well in not completing that route, which led to Baker's injury and the interception, but DPJ also caught that ball over the middle and then proceeded to fumble the ball right away. And I wonder how much doubt is creeping in about how much you can. I mean, I'm not trying to like start any like rumors or anything. That like was that. so. That was so bang bang. Like if you watch that lot, like full speed, it's I so I don't bad. disagree with you. I didn't think it was a catch. Because I thought it happened too quickly. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but it is surprising to me with how much usage he had in the preseason. And but this, like that happens every preseason, right? Like somebody flashes in camp, and everybody says that they're going to be the next star. Are you not surprised at the lack of targets from DPJ given the Jarvis injury this week and um, OBJ being out these last two weeks? I think it's less, given the amount of snaps that he's taken, he's gotten less targets than I would ex- have would have expected. But I guess it's not the most surprising thing in the world to me that DPJ is not out here lighting the world on fire, looking like a wide receiver number one. I, I always kind of thought like the camp hype was probably more hype because he was the one out there getting the reps because everybody else was sitting than anything else. And look, I, I like the kid. I, I think that he's got a lot of potential, but But it's defini- we'll it's definitively true that we could really use Odell Beckham Jr. next yeah. week. Yes. And we could use some help in our wide receiver room. 
Um, so, but it's not going to be Davian Davis. <laughs> Davian Davis. That's, that's absolutely true. It's not going to be Davian Davis because he got off of his suspension this week, sent that tweet, I'm back, and then promptly got cut. Bummer, Davian. But what, do you, what does the Browns play here? Because we talked I, about so, it. So I tweeted, I tweeted this out earlier from the account yesterday that with the Jarvis injury, if he has to miss time, like it kind of made a lot of sense. If Jarvis went to IR, they could activate Davian Davis and kind of just kick that decision can down the road. But I guess they. But Jarvis didn't go to IR. Isn't going to IR. He's he he's not yet on IR. It would be interesting. I mean, I can't imagine he's not going to go to IR since there's only three games that he has to miss. Um, but maybe maybe he won't. Are we trying to get Davian Davis on the practice squad? Is that the is that the route that we're taking? Is that why we cut him to send I mean, him to from, the practice squad? No, I don't know. That's what we talked about way back when. Uh, when we were talking about the 53-man roster. is like Davion Davis has potential. He's a good player. Um, and people aren't looking for wide receivers right now because we're two weeks in. They, they feel like they're solidified in their roster. So we can sneak him to the practice squad and we can keep him. Um, and that's why the suspension is actually kind of nice. But, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was our route, but he's got to hit waivers. All the other teams got to have the decision to be able to pick him up. And then I think we p- probably will. If I had to guess, I would think we would put him on the practice squad from what he's flashed. I don't see why we wouldn't. Do we have, who else is on our practice squad? We've got, isn't Jojo Natson on the practice squad? I'm talking like wide receiver. Yes. Yeah. Natson. So if we need wide receiver help next week, I mean, because I'm thinking even if OBJ's back, like, is he going to play every snap? Like, probably not. He'll be on a pitch count, like, work him in slowly, I would imagine. So we're going to need some wide receiver depth at minimum. Yep. Although Demetric Felton. Demetric Felton is. Can play some wide receiver snaps. And after watching him this week, that would be potentially fun to see. I would like to see more Demetric Felton. Dude was a monster in the open field. <laughs> well, I like, mean, we just have to find ways to like get him the ball in space. And, and it wasn't just that one reception. I'm excited about the optimism that he probably feels from his punt returns and kick returns that he had. That were like that's like he's gonna go in with some juice, knowing that he can do it. Get that practice in, um, and so I'm. We haven't had a punt returner and a kick returner that can actually return kicks and punts. If he keeps doing what he did this last week, that would be very nice. Um, but, okay, so we're talking about injuries. We're talking about people who are back. Grant Delpit. This was the first game in two years. I'm well, ha- one I'm year. I'm happy for that guy. And we got to see Grant Delpit play, and he got a sack, and he played really well. He did play He did play really well. He, he filled, filled the gap in the run. Real strong. Yeah. Oof. Dude was like a missile. Like, I was worried for Grant Delbert's health and then worried for David Johnson's knees. <laughs> like, as, as, he, as he filled that gap, uh, was like a missile. Had a couple other good plays, too. That sack was great. That's exactly what we need from Grant Delbert. And that's, and that's why I think, like, it's tough to rely on those three safeties and like need them to be on the field and healthy. Cause at any given time, like somebody's going to have to miss time, but 
what Joe Woods is going to be able to do with having all three of those safeties on the field at the same time is going to be fun. Yes. And we can start doing some doing some stuff. I mean, I l- really like all three of those dudes. Really like all three of those dudes. Because all three of them can, can cover man-to-man, too. Like, you're not going to line Ronnie Harrison up and ask him to, to cover man-to-man <clears throat> all game. But as far as disguising coverages and, and putting people in different positions, you, you're, you feel good about it. So I, I kind of wonder as we play some of these teams that are tight end heavy, I'm thinking like the Ravens, the Chiefs again, if we see them in the playoffs, uh, what having all three of those safeties healthy is going to do. I mean, we only had one of them against the Chiefs two weeks ago. Yeah. Makes, it makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, speaking yeah, of, so I'm happy uh, for Delpit. Um, Jedrick Wells came back. That was a huge win. Um, he was pretty solid too. After those early like reports and some of the video, like showing that he didn't look like he was moving too much. Like I didn't really notice Jedrick. How much, how much of that is like, you're in the meeting room with JC Treader every week and you like saw what he battled, what he battles through every single freaking season seemingly. And gets out there and doesn't miss a snap. Like, it's got to be hard to be like, I, I know he has a legitimate ankle injury, but to not do everything in your power to, to give it a go. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> it is funny how I do feel like it's a different mindset. When you work on, when you're like an offensive lineman, you're like expected to like just grit through it and like make it work. When you're a skill position player, it's like, hey, let's take it easy. Hey, like, I've got a, like, I've got a soft muscle. Hey, muscle like yeah. you know, don't push it too hard. Like we don't want to go too too soon. But if you're an offensive lineman, oh come on, like is your leg falling off? Like oh, what is your deal? Like like there's almost no excuse that's too great to keep you from getting on the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jarvis Landry doesn't care if you're a skill position player. I don't care if your leg's falling off the bone. <laughs> Which, we're really going to put that theory to the test. Yeah, here, let's see. This week. Is oh. Jarvis practicing? Jarvis, you going to sprain MCL? <laughs> well, so- That's why Davion Davis was, was uh, dropped, because there's no doubt in anyone's mind that Jarvis Landry is playing gonna this week. Jarvis is going to be a full participant in practice on yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> full participant. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that, Jarvis. We'll um, see. We'll see. I think the culture's changed enough that Jarvis can sit out a couple practices and that'd be just fine. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so let's let's look ahead. Let's talk about this Bears game that's coming up. Um, let's project. What are we What are we looking forward to? Um, uh, and Andy Dalton with a bruise, a bone bruise in his knee. What? What? I would prefer playing Dalton, right? I don't. I did you watch so. Justin Fields in this? The only reason game? wasn't good. Here's the thing, though. I think it is a completely different conversation looking at like what Fields looks like coming in to relieve Dalton in that game, versus when you give an NFL coaching staff a week to prepare for Justin Fields like playing an entire NFL game. I, I do think that's a different conversation. Um, who, who, but who it did you, look good. I, I hear where you're going with that. Who with do that you want to play? I would much rather play Dalton. I think I think 
especially like Dalton with a bone bruise. <laughs> yeah, I Can we play push a, on that bruise? Yeah, like, I want to take that every time. I want to lean in on that bone bruise, Dalton. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's totally fair. Um, but w- the way that Justin Fields looked in that game, replacing Andy Dalton was bad. If that's the if that's the Justin Fields we get, then I pick him. Um, but if they're scheming up, playing to Justin Fields' strengths, that what and looking at the Bears, that offensive line is maybe the worst in the league. And that's saying a lot, because if we're going to play against a lot of bad offensive lines in our division. um, But that offensive line is terrible. Largely due to injury, somewhat due to roster construction. Um, Our D-line should be able to dominate. And we should be able to get pressure on the quarterback. And if we don't, I'm actually going to be seriously concerned. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It's my biggest thing that I'm thinking about coming in this if game. We, if like, we, if that offensive line really sucks. The quarterback, we're gonna be that offensive line really sucks, and we better be able to show out as a defensive line. And if we don't, yikes. Because the Texans' offensive line isn't great, but they have two pretty good tackles. Like, Laramie Tunsil is legitimately good, and Marcus Cannon is underrated and a very, a very solid player. Um that Chiefs offensive line, TBD. But Absolutely. the Chiefs are just difficult to play against, period. So it's like you can just kind of put them in their own category. But we have got to dominate the line of scrimmage against the Bears, and there is quite literally no excuse to not. Yeah, I think that'll be a huge factor. I think who is – if it's Andy – I don't think it will be Andy Dalton – I think it probably will be Justin Fields because this is probably just the excuse Matt Nagy needs to pull the trigger, right? Um, Did he need an excuse? Like, he didn't sign Andy Dalton. Yeah, no, it's true. But (laughs) I I do actually, from seeing Justin Fields, like, without reorienting your entire offense, like, Andy Dalton does give them the best opportunity to win games. But it's like... And watching, watching last week validated that like validated it but well we'll see um so i i'm interested to see the defensive line um and i don't i don't think the bears will score a ton of points um i think this is another week i think we're going to be all right offensively we're going to be able to do what we do I mean, we've been one of the most efficient offenses in the nfl through the first two weeks well then the didn't the bears only score they finished with 20 but wasn't seven of it a pick six because didn't Burrow throw three straight interceptions, one of which was a pick six? Or did they not? Am I conflating Joe Burrow interceptions with Zach Wilson interceptions? I think Burrow did throw a pick six. Yeah. Yeah. So they only scored 13 points on the Bengals' defense, which the Bengals' defense is fine. It's, it's, not, it's much not, improved It's not over the most concerning years. part yeah. of their team, but I, I wouldn't say that it's a, a, a top 15 unit in the – in the league no our so, um i'm i'm not so concerned about this game i'm not gonna lie this I, is another one of those games that we just need to come out and, when, and take care of business when I mean, when looking at our remaining schedule this is one of the games the next two weeks are two of the games that i'm least concerned about in our entire remaining schedule uh, we got chicago and then we got minnesota back-to-back weeks. I think it is very important 
that we win the both of these games. The both. Is this is this Chicago game at home? It is. Yeah. 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 No, this is a this is like a, a it isn't a must win from like a mathematical standpoint, but from like a looking at the schedule and the circumstances, like if the Browns want to be the team that they want to be this year, you've got to beat the Chicago Bears at home. Yeah, undoubtedly. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And well, then followed up with a win at Minnesota. Which the Bengals beat the Vikings. So we can't beat the Vikings. Come on. That's a big problem. Come on. Um, that was quite the quite the hurdle on Monday Night Football. Um, the, the two-footed hurdle. You don't see the, the, the two-footed hurdle very often. Oh, my God. Sorry. We're watching Monday Night Football on mute in the background, and DeAndre Swift in garbage time just um, did something I haven't seen many times on an NFL football field. Um, okay, so, Michael, what yep. is the line of this Browns-Chicago game? Um, I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second to find it. I want to. Um, I want to say something real quick. Now that we're two weeks into the NFL season, um, there's a lot of teams that are kind of shockingly good, surprisingly good. Like the Raiders are two and zero with two good wins over the Ravens and the Steelers. The Broncos are two and zero. The Cardinals are two and zero, having having beaten a couple teams that people thought were going to be good. Um, I think the Browns' schedule looks more difficult looking at it today than it did two weeks ago before the season started. We had one of the the easiest schedules based on 2020 winning percentage coming into the year. And suddenly some of these games that are like, oh, this should be an easy win are against teams that haven't lost yet. It's still early. It's only two weeks. But looking at the schedule that we've got, it's, it's going to be a dogfight every week for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals look more difficult. Denver, there's wild speculation about them. We that, play them on... that defense is good, and that offense looks serviceable. I mean, the offense has the pieces. They have the horses, for sure. They should be good. And but Teddy Bridgewater is the second most efficient quarterback in the league behind... Your boy. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> um, and um, Detroit still looks... Like hot Dan Campbell garbage. Manageable. We're, we're going to be fine there. <laughs> like nothing's really changed about Detroit. Um, uh, Vegas is definitely one that was like riding on the edge, but you know, they could tank at any time. Yeah. Uh, like there's just because they've won their first two games and they're my new favorite team, by the way. Uh, thank you so much. Las Vegas Raiders for beating the Steelers and then the Ravens back to back weeks. Um, I mean, we, we owe them. Absolutely. I'm very thankful. But I hope that they take a big dip towards the end of the season yeah. by the time they play us. You've, you've done your job. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Now, tank towards the end of the season and barely miss the playoffs. Like you do. Thanks, John. Um, the Cardinals looked really good. Um, who else? Um, I mean, looking at the rest of the schedule, you're, you're not wrong. I it's, mean, it's, it's not easy. Like no, there's I mean few, the few Lions games. I think have been more respectable than teams would have than we would have thought going into the season. The way they like battled back against the 49ers last week, they jumped out to a pretty early lead. I, I mean it's another team I think we should beat, but like the Patriots are looking pretty good. The I mean I think you mentioned the Broncos and the Cardinals already, but like there's not 
at, to your point, Mark, after the next two weeks with the Bears and the Vikings, there's not any game you can just kind of show up and feel like you're going to take care of business. The Lions. The Lions That's and the only one. I hope the Bengals. I, I, that, think, that I actually offense, think the Steelers might be worse. Like, the Steelers' defense is really, really good. That Steelers' offense is as bad as we, like, thought. It it's kind of sad, actually, because their skill position players aren't bad. But their offensive line and their, their, quarterback, and their quarterback are so, so poor that their offense as a whole is pretty miserable. So, like, it's really going to be a test case of in 2021 in the NFL, can you win with a good defense? And injuries are starting to pile up for them. And I don't think they're long-term injuries, but they're they're missing some key pieces on that defense. And the the Bengals and the Steelers play this week, I think, which will be an, interesting to watch. Um, see. Oh yeah, no, how, I want to watch that. See how that. Oh, yes, that, please. Like, like, I would not be shocked if the Bengals go like, Burrow beat the Steelers or give them a, a good strong run. Like, oh, that would be it's so, so funny how we can easily so cheer tasty. for the Bengals. Like yeah. I, I have so, so much deep hatred for the like Ravens and Steelers, but I have no hesitation in cheering for the Bengals. Yeah. But the it's Bengals actually feel really like funny. that little brother that like, is not threatening? And you always just like, no, but, I'm very familiar with that yeah. feeling. Yeah. But the Steelers yeah. and the Ravens, little brother, <laughs> yes. the Steelers and the Ravens fan base hate us. They hate the Browns. They don't feel the same way about us. That we feel about the Bengals. Do you think the Steelers and the Ravens hate us? I, I, would, I, think I don't doubt that the Steelers have like. I an, think the Steelers fans do. I don't think the Ravens feel anything towards us. I, what I, just because of last year? I think it's like the Dom Draper. Like, like I don't think what about you would at all? What <laughs> situation? That is the best line in any TV show ever. <laughs> if you get the reference, you get the reference. It's just. Oh man. That's hilarious. Oh, it's brutal. It's like, it's as bad as it gets. <laughs> yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we're Pete in that situation. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, well, they can feel our presence in two straight games. One on Sunday night football. Um, and then we get a bye week and then we play them again. December 12th. That's, that's the wildest bit of scheduling. And it's going to be so fun or stressful or both or for three weeks infuriating i felt like i got a taste of how much i hate the stupid ravens last night whenever they like forced that fumble as the chiefs were clearly going to close out that game last night and how are they so consistently lucky oh, man and i just what it feels like right and i like, also i it did feel lucky but it also felt like good execution. I did want to give Harbaugh a nice like pat on the back for going, going for that for fourth it. down. That oh, was yeah. the right move. Like I appreciate well, good when smart you, football especially decisions. Especially when you have Lamar Jackson, it's like who's going to stop you from one yard if you just spread him out and not. What the was also really striking to me was how consistently they were just running Lamar Jackson. Like they don't ever like deliberately run him to that same degree. Like they were selling well, out and, to beat the Chiefs is, in that game. This is going to be interesting for this year. Like we we talked about Lamar can't do this and he's not going to hold up. I think he didn't take the, a single like hard think, hit. Well, but yesterday. that's the thing. I think with all the injuries they've had at running back, like this is going to be the test case. Like, can we do this with Lamar? Like, can he do this for sixteen games and like not take hits? No, and and they do it. Can't. Or is it going to, like, after a couple weeks, is it going to catch up to them? And they're not going to be able to do what they did It'll against be the Chiefs. Although, I got to say, 
I don't know if I've ever seen somebody just like weave through traffic like he does he's and so just like freaky. make people just fly right past him. Like, he's it's, insanely good. It's and it like the Matrix. It's like the Matrix. And he's like, you're like operating on another like time continuum or something. Like it is unbelievable. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely is. I mean, it's undeniable. Uh, all the things that we've said about him disparagingly about the way he throws the ball, I still think are all true. But it doesn't matter. But he's like must-watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Like especially now that they're like so depleted in the running game, and that like, they've oriented their whole team around the things that he does well, um, and they do it well. Yeah, I I have to watch the Ravens. I kind of like hate watch the Ravens, but I the, secretly like respect. The, the Ravens are definitely our competition in the North, and I'm not as concerned about the Steelers. I can't wait to play the Steelers. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't think that there's really many teams that can stop us from moving the ball, to be perfectly honest. I, I like our offense and the variety of ways in which we can beat people. Um, and, but I think the Steelers is going to be one of the toughest tests as far as like going head to head against another defense. But it's probably not going to matter that much because their offense is pretty shitty. So is our defense right now. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, so. <laughs> we'll, work, we'll work into form. I'm not so concerned about I, that. I hope so. Um, all right. Go ahead. Uh, what, are you you get the lines? What's line? our line? Yeah, yeah. Seven and a half. Browns by seven and a half. Ooh, that's Ooh. high. Seven and a half is a weird number, too. Yeah. It like is. I feel good about I picking the Browns at seven. Half. You know, I feel I good about like picking it. the Browns at seven. Yeah. Um. I don't feel that good about the uh, about the Bears though. I think the Browns are gonna know that they kind of laid an egg and come back. It's another home game. I feel pretty good about um, picking the Browns even at seven and a half. So we didn't cover last week. Let nope. it be known. We, we all picked all three the, wrong. We we covered the week before. Uh, you both did. I did not. Yeah. I'm talking about the team. Yeah. Um, seven and a half. I, I actually don't think the Bears are that much better than the Texans, if at all, right now, based on what I've seen from the Texans. Um, coming into the year, I wouldn't have held that opinion. I'll, I'm going to take the Browns. I think, I think we'll win by more than one touchdown. I hope that you're right, um, and I, I think that you're probably right, but in interest of making this interesting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bears. Uh, seven and a half, I think we win by seven. We, we barely don't. They have a last barely minute touchdown. Don't cover. You yeah, know, yeah. Just, you know, Justin they Fields. backdoor cover. 65 yards, um, and we, we win the game definitively. Yeah. But don't happen to cover i see where your head's at we're still working out the kinks on the defense and yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right well thanks so much for listening everybody uh we appreciate you guys um sorry if you live in san francisco and we've directly insulted your livelihood um but you guys have a great rest of the week and enjoy the bears game on sunday we'll see you again on monday night go browns <laughs>